Welcome back, everybody, to the Canberra Football Show. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Nicoletti. Joining with me today, as always, is Michael Georgievsky. Michael, how's it going, mate? Look, I know, before you answer that, look, I know you're a bit upset because you didn't get the play tape. But you know what? A lot of other people didn't either, so, yeah. Yeah, look, there was a fair <laughs> few games that obviously got cancelled on the weekend throughout many of different leagues. So I'm not going to be the only disappointed um, individual. But, look, there were still a fair few games that still occurred over the weekend, which was uh, good to see. Yeah, and um, a lot of those, some of the matches actually ended up getting changed midweek. Like, Belconnen and Tuggeron match ended up getting changed like three times. It moved from like Canberra or wherever it was to like Melrose. Uh, it was supposed to be on at five-ish or something, and then it got moved again to the time that we saw it. And then there was a few, I know there was a few other matches which just got moved around the place or they just moved the time just so they can like play on synthetic and get the match yep. done. When, as we'll discuss throughout this uh, podcast, there was quite a few... Um, there was quite a few uh, postponements and like abandoned matches as we yep. saw in one of them. So we'll uh, get to that very soon. Uh, Russ Gibbs isn't with us this weekend. However, he will be with us next week as we will probably have probably our big, biggest podcast ever, I would say. We, with all these rescheduled games coming back in, yeah. You would think midweek if all is well. Um, we all know that there will be no rescheduled games in uh, Queanbeyan area as all the ovals are closed until Thursday. So all the rescheduled matches will... Of, will have to be in Canberra. In ASUT. Um, so, yeah, the, yeah. Next week's one is going to be even bigger than it was last week. So, I'm, I wonder I'm if we can handle it. I wonder if we can handle all, all these games, Matt. What do you Look, reckon? I, I reckon, I reckon we can. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a team effort here, is yeah. it not? This will really test us. <laughs> it, it certainly will, and Russell will be. Uh, I'm sure he'll be doing some commentary midweek as well. So he'll I'm have. Sure a, he will. He'll have another. I just want to mention quickly. Episode ten, Matt. We've made, uh, we've reached double digits. That is true. How could I forget? I'm just uh, so a little celebratory. I'm just so in the motions of like, all right, this is what I got to do today. Got to interview some coaches. Got to do this. I forgot. It's tenth. It's all right. I've, I've saved. I've saved us. Hey, you've, it, you have. Uh, what? And it, no celebratory. No, no. We just, we just, we're just going to wait till we get to fifty before we. Yeah, we'll, we'll celebrate. celebrate the half century. You, oh. know, when, you know when you, you know, you're playing cricket. You hit a nice maybe cover drive for four. You're on forty six, and then you get to that fifty. Raise the bat up. That's what that's what we'll be doing. What about quarter century? No. No? Okay, no, fair no. enough. All right. Come on, Matt. All right, instead of uh, wallowing in our own celebrations, why don't we uh, get into the uh, celebrations of our first game we are discussing, and they are massive celebrations in terms of Monaro Panthers, who won their first game and their first points of the season against Woden Western 3-0. Ahmed Shaibu, uh, the American, of course, with two goals, and then Shachenko with in the 54th minute. Michael, I can't stress enough how massive a win this is for Monaro. Like I said, it's their first points of the season. And of course, Lukeman, Ahmed, Shaibu, as I mentioned with the brace, uh, you mentioned it to me before, this is uh, three goals for him so far this season. You also mentioned to me this is um, uh, so far a good replacement for Golevsky, who scored a lot of goals for them last season. However, another interesting thing I think about this is uh, Monaro have had quite a few imports over the last few years. And none of them have really worked out. Like they had their little flashes of of moments, but like yeah. they haven't really worked out. So it's I'm sure the Monaro board will be uh, very happy to see that an import is. I know it's only early days so far, but he's. It seems like he's really worked out. I've talked to a few people over there, and everyone uh, seems to be extremely happy. I've talked to Lutman as well. He seems extremely happy here. I mean, I guess he could have easily moved back to America during the, you know, yeah. before the before the uh, borders closed, but he decided to stay here and he said he's absolutely loving it here. Yeah, so. I think one of the sort of main 
illusions that surrounded Mineiro uh, coming into the same season was like like we mentioned before about you know lose, them losing Josh Kalevsky to Gungalan. He was their main source of goals. I think he scored 14 league goals last season. That's a massive chunk, especially in Canberra and NPL football. And to lose that and then to have to try and find a, a suitable uh, replacement, and um, they, they've done that. Um, well, I mean, it's only been a fair few few games, but he, I mean, he's played really well. Um, I've, I've seen um, footage over the first um, you know few weeks of the season, and um, he seems to be a great asset to this um, Monero Panthers team. He certainly does. And like I mentioned before about the international import, it's like there's so much that goes on to bring someone like that here. So like I said, for a club, for an in, especially for a club who hasn't exactly worked out with that, for him to work out so far, I, I, I can just assume the board would be extremely happy at Manara and all the teammates would be happy with Lukeman's yeah. progress so and far. And hopefully it kickstarts kick them a little bit after, you know, a difficult start to the year. This was something that we touched on last week about... It was a really important game for both teams coming into this one, having not, you know, won a game uh, to start the season, and Monero end up coming out on top. So it's all about now if they can push on, and I think Jimmy will be obviously ecstatic with that win, and it's all about now if they can actually just push on. Well, the, does that ease the sort of because if they lost this one or if they drew mm-hmm. this one, that would have had quite a bit of pressure on them. So do you reckon that is it now? Do you reckon it might be a little more free flowing for them going yeah, forward? Yeah, obviously, I, th- I think that I think that's the case. Obviously, they hadn't won a game, and obviously, to get that monkey off your back is very important. No matter how how you do it, as well. I mean, it could have been you know a, a tighter tighter affair, but as long as you walk away with the three points, um, you're not you're not going to care how you get your first win of the season. That's just the truth. So. They'll, they'll be absolutely um, ecstatic with that one, Monero. And while they are ecstatic, um, Woden will still be disappointed as they are yet to get the big monkey off their back. They still have yet to score. It's not like they haven't created chances. I mean, uh, if you listen to the commentary, Russ, Rust uh, mentioned it quite a few times. And he, <laughs> it was a funny bit where he's just like, well, you know, it probably doesn't uh, help when I, you know, when I keep mentioning it all the time, every, you know, every uh, 10 minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. But um, unfortunately for your sister's side, it's uh, they'll be quite disappointed not to get on the board again. And I, I'm sure they saw this as one of their opportunities to at least get on the board. But like he's, I'm sure like when he said last week in the interview on the, he did for our show, he said, look, this is a building progress right now and we're just trying to take take it game by game and let's uh, improve for next season. And look, yeah. if that's the truth, if, he, if, if if they can just, you know, use this as a transition season and they don't end up finishing last next season, a, then it'll op- all be good. Yeah, it's a good opportunity for Ulysses to use, you know, utilise a, a little bit of experimentation around, around his squad and sort of, you know, work on a, a fair few different uh, combinations. I mean... It's been a big narrative already for them this season. No wins, no goals. Um, you know, it, it's very important that um, I think he just utilizes his, his squad, mixes it up, mixes it up. Sorry, a, a little bit or as often as he can, especially as the season goes on, because like you mentioned, it's it's a building progress right now, and that's what he seems to be solely focused on. Um, I think that Woden um, will be happy with him. Um, it's a long term uh, project. Uh, they just got to give him the the, the time. And it, it, it is only fair that they, that they get the time, especially for coaches during this pandemic. They haven't really been, what, they're given seven games in a thing to show what they're they worth. They haven't had a full season. Not, 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 not at all. And uh, talking about uh, experimentation within the squad and building for next year, uh, another coach that told us that last week was, of course, Tagrons Mitch Stevens, who uh, ended up playing against Bill Connon. Would you like to introduce that one, Michael? 
it was a stalemate, nil-nil. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a huge result for Tuggeranong. Uh, the, the point that they gained adds uh, to their win against Woden Weston last week. Mitch Stevens will be very uh, happy with the, the result. Uh, puts them in a good position, especially with Monero picking up the win uh, just behind them. Despite the fact that Tuggeranong is struggling in front of, in front of goal, uh, it's a good result uh, against a team that has looked actually really good so far in Belcon United. We've touched on it many of times. Uh, obviously, apart from their hiccup against Dungunga and uh, United last time out, Belconnen fall to their second straight match without without a win after uh, starting the season uh, strong. Where they did they did including myself they did raise a lot of uh, eyebrows after those two victories, and uh, now they sit winless in their last two. There's obviously no no question marks going to be raised. Uh, they've produced a whole bunch of of talent, uh, which has been good to see come through their first grade uh, system there so whilst it's not a great result for Polo McCaw and, and the Belconnen boys uh, they'll, they'll come back stronger it, it, it was an interesting matchup and like like you said Tuggeranong Mitch Stevens will be uh, ecstatic with that result because before the Woden match they were looking at like a, like Monaro were this week zero points and then they were also and now and in the sp- now they've gotten four points out of a possible six and and then Targetong have Gungalan. Unfortunately, it doesn't get it much easier with Gungalan. But in saying that, though, it sort of puts them. If you have a quick look at the table, it sort of it puts them in sixth place, and that's only two points behind Olympic and Tigers. So, and don't forget, Tigers uh, Tigers are playing Gungalan this week. So, uh, if you're just going based on paper, if if you're solely thinking as a Targetong supporter, you're going, oh well, if Gungalan have done well so far this season and they beat Tigers and that puts us in a good position in that regard. Obviously it's always you're looking at hypotheticals here but at the fact that Tuggeron can actually look at hypotheticals uh, proves that the last two rounds has been really good for them and that and after the two defeats two heavy defeats they mm. that they got um, Mitch Stevens will be ecstatic to you know. With that the reaction are, of the players. That they're in this point in this position in terms of Belcon and Look, it all depends what happens against Monaro now, I guess. Like, if they get, if they either lose or draw to Monaro, then I think the pressure might be on because, I mean, they are third, but, like, Olympic have a game in hand. And if Olympic win their game in hand, then they're above Belconnen. Mm. And then they're both tied on games. They'll be above Belconnen by... Yeah, they'll be above Belconnen. And then you've got Tigers, and if... Like we'll talk about hypotheticals before. If Tigers end up beating Gungalan, then they'll be above them. So, yeah, it's 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 difficult to say. But like I said, if they win next week, then these these last two results are fine. Mm-hmm. It's it's all in retrospect. Like I know a lot of people don't like to speak in retrospect, but let's be honest, it, it's all about retrospect. Absolutely. Because you, you're always comparing yourself to who you're versing or who you're going to verse or who you're going to look. who you're playing in the competition. Yeah, like you're kidding. Everyone's kidding themselves if you don't look back and forth and back and forth and, oh, what if we can win this one? What if this team beats this team? Especially in a shortened season now is where points are so important. And we'll mention that. That, that, uh, that is a big, big um, factor in the MPL 2, which we'll mention later. That is an absolute massive factor in that regard. All right, any more to discuss in terms of Belconnen and Tauron United? No, I think we've hit the uh, nail on the head with that. I just thought we'd uh, just wrap up, obviously, the two games that didn't go ahead. Obviously, Gungahlin United and Tigers FC, which will be postponed at, uh, and set at a later date. Uh, 
as well as Canberra Croatia and Canberra Olympic. Uh, Matt, do you want to introduce the round five uh, fixtures coming up this weekend? Certainly. So, uh, of course, this isn't including the uh, the postponed matches. That'll hopefully hopefully they'll take place midweek, so there's not too much catching up to do. So we've got Canberra Olympic versus Tigers FC Saturday 3 p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed. Then we've got Belconnen United versus Monaro Panthers. Um, I think this time has been rescheduled. So as it stands, it is Saturday 3 p.m. at Riverside Football Stadium. I think it was 5.30 previously. Then we've got Woden Western versus Canberra Croatia Saturday 3.45 at Melrose Synthetic. Uh, and then we've got Tuggerong United versus Gungahlin United Sunday 3 p.m. at Canberra 201 Enclosed. And I believe the matches which Russ is commentating on will be Belconnen versus Monaro at Riverside and Tuggerong versus Gungahlin over at Canberra. Michael, MPLW. It's MPLW time. Uh, Matt, uh, Belconnen United picking up a late uh, draw against Gungahlin United. Uh, do, you want, do you want to talk about that, that match? Because it was a great game of football. It, it was a great game, and I'll, I was glad I was able to catch uh, the replay when I was able to because when you looked at Belconnen, they started off the season as they ramped themselves, scoring a lot of goals, like I saw last week when I um, covered the match against Tuggeranong. But then you saw Gungahlin, who had a lot of promise last season, but this season they gained a few more players, and like we said before, they've really started to keep you know, imposing that uh, their own Gungahlin mentality on the opposition that they face. And when I covered their first two matches with Bar TV in the first two games, I thought... Well, Gungahlin, they could, they, could, they could possibly push further than the fourth place they did last season. And to be fair, they really, I, f- I thought they really made a good account of themselves. Yeah, they were excellent, weren't they? Uh, look, I, I certainly thought they were. But in saying that, though, uh, like the goal, right, uh, goal scoreline uh, says, it was 1-1. It was a draw. So I did, even though Belconnen scored late, Belconnen did play very well early on. Um, and it's just, uh, uh, I would assume... Even though it is Gungahlin and they're a better team, they're a more equipped team to verse them, Belconnen seem to always have to start their game the same way. Like, everyone, like, they always try and quick left to right, left to right, left to right, always trying to break their opposition. They're always switching the ball left to right. And they're always playing that quick, expansive game. However, Gungahlin kept their shape. They frustrated Belconnen somewhat. They weren't able to get... Um, they weren't able to get in, and then in the second half, they slowly started to yeah. impose themselves. And if you look back at the at the highlights, um, a lot of the highlights will actually be Gungahlin because in the last half, they really started to you know pounce yeah. on the either the the gaps in uh, the gaps in the Belconnen side and whatnot. However, in saying that, Belconnen did play; they still played really well, and this was one of the biggest tests of the season. And I'm sure they were all looking at this going. Gungahlin, this is going to be an interesting game, and it certainly was, but in terms of Gungahlin, I thought, I mentioned this when I covered their game against CUA, but their, their defensive side of the game, they've, they've proved that they can do it once again. They, they did really well. Um, however, before we play the audio of the interviews, Belconnen might be a little bit disappointed with the goal that they conceded. It was a defensive mistake uh, where they gave away the ball and then from outside the box, Gungahlin shot, went over the top of the keeper. They'll be, I'm sure they'll be a little bit disappointed in that, but in saying that, though, they did get the point, which means that they're, they're level on points if Belconnen can win their match in hand. Then they'll be both be level at the top, per se. And uh, like I said earlier today, I had a chat with Diego Iglesias, and this is what he had to say. All right, first and foremost, 
Uh, it was a goal in the last few minutes to deny your side uh, the win. However, I'm sure you were quite happy with the performance your girls put in. How did you uh, assess the game as a whole? Uh, yes, it was. Uh, it was a lot, it was a pretty hectic last couple of minutes. But um, no, look as on as as on the whole, I was very happy with um, how the team went. I think um, we competed very well. Um, we went with them. We uh, matched them. For, I think for intensity and for effort, um, they played um, a lot of expansive footy, trying to get in behind us. Um, I was very happy with how we dealt with that. Um, I was very happy with how we um, managed. We, we retained our shape. We, we didn't allow them to break us down. Um, and I think the, the longer the game went on, um, I think um, you know they realised that the, what you know what they were doing wasn't working for them. And um, we started to you know work more and more and more into the game, um, which was good to see. Um, you know, I was I was disappointed that we. Um, we did concede a lot of corners because against Belconnen, that's a um, that's a dangerous game. So that's something we need to work on. Um, and um, they're very good on the set plays. Um, but no, on the whole, I was happy with, with the way we competed. I was happy the way we executed what we were trying to do to them. Um, and um, it was good. You know, I was pleased that not pleased that they scored a goal, but it was pleasing to see that they didn't break us down in general play and that the goal. The majority of their chances came from set pieces. Well, yeah, you mentioned that, and a lot of teams aren't able to uh, keep that sort of shape and um, and uh, have those sort of chances against Belcon. And so, are you happy with the way your um, your girls have, have have progressed so far this season? Yes, um, you know, it. Um, I think there's still stuff to work on there. There was still some areas that I thought if we had done better, we would have got more success. Um, but yes, definitely the, with the um, the whole group, all of the the, the entire squad. It's not just a, a a handful of girls. The entire squad know and understand what we're trying to do, and, and everyone is executing um, their jobs on the field. And um, and it's pleasing to see that yeah, we are, um, you know, holding sometimes dominating midfields, and, and that we are causing a lot of trouble the way that we, we in our general play. And uh, we are at, well, we're very close to the halfway point or just over it for the season, for the regular season. Uh, your girls finish, uh, they uh, at the moment are on top with, uh, you haven't lost a game so far as well in that regard. Uh, what are your thoughts on that and how do you um, want your side to finish this season? Like what's the what's the goal now that you guys have reached essentially the halfway point? Oh look, I, I want to I want to retain our, our position on the ladder. I think I want to continue to um, really test all of the teams. I want to um, you know it's it's you know probably the the main point that I'm most pleased about is how we've retained our shape and we have um, you know let in minimal goals. Um, our, def- our defensive organisation has been very good, so I want to maintain that. I don't want that to drop off at all, and um, obviously the sound defensive. Back, sound defensive shape and cohesion allows you to build forward through the midfield and into attack. So there are things that we want to keep focusing on. Um, I'm not looking to change anything. Obviously, um, 
as the girls every every time they play, every time we train, they get more and more used to what we're trying to do. So now it's just a matter of starting to enhance what they're already doing and starting to add a few more um, weapons in attack in, in different um, shapes that we'd like to play. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pleased mid- midpoint. I'm pleased with how we're going, um, but there's still a lot of work to do to, to maintain a position up the top end of the ladder. And I also had a chat to Belcona United coach Ahmed Ugul, and this is what he had to say. First and foremost, uh, it was a one-one draw in the end on a on a rainy day over at a Hawker, uh, with your first big test of the season against Gungahlin. What did you make of your team's performance? I thought in large parts the performance was was pretty good. I think in the periods where we did play well and we we dominated large parts of the game, we didn't convert those that dominance into into goals, which which ultimately cost us and was the difference between three points and the one point. But I think the character of the players, especially when we went one nil down, probably undeservedly so. We went one nil down. I think the character of the players to to keep fighting and trying to get something out of the game was exceptional. Now, um. This was also your uh, first big test of the season, like I said before. What did you make of uh, Gungahlin as one of your competitors this season? No, I thought Gungahlin were excellent. I think we, we knew that before before the game as well. And they went into the game, they executed their game plan. They wanted to play with the ball. When they didn't have the ball, they got numbers behind the ball and made it difficult for us to break them down. So credit to them. And, and we knew they were a good team and I expect them to be in the top four come the end of the season and be fighting for the silverware. And since we last spoke, you, you've had uh, three official games under your belt now as head coach, 18 goals for, uh, only one against. Overall, what have you, how have you made uh, the transition um, so far? How's it been for you and how, has, um, how do you feel the team's performed so far for most of the season? I think I've been happy with how the team's performed. I think every week we're, we're getting better, we're, we're slowly improving. And I think it's been, it was difficult not just for us, but for the for the league and all the teams in Canberra without preseason games, so I think the first few games are they're almost like they're almost like preseason games where players are still trying to get their fitness up. Coaches and players are still trying to understand what their teams are made of. But I've been really happy with the way we've been developing over the last three games, and we hope that will continue to the back end of the season. All right, next up we had an absolute goal frenzy. Who's who's to say that MPLW? Uh... Um, isn't exciting. It has absolutely been exciting. Last week we had a golf fest. The week before we had a golf fest, and this one was a pretty, you know, even well, evenish golf fest with Canberra Olympic uh, losing to Canberra Croatia five three in the derby. Murphy, Dawson, and Cook scoring for Canberra Olympic all in the second half, and then Canberra Croatia Chow Palombi uh, Palombi scored two, and then we had Field and Fensum with a very very good header in the final minutes. Michael, what did you make of this matchup? MPL is really proving to be a bit of a goal fest in the league, isn't it? it yeah, it's it's it amazing. Is. It's amazing. It's it's great for the league, and I'm sure it's very entertaining for all the fans and those that enjoy watching uh, women's football here in Canberra. I mean, obviously, it was a huge goal fest once again. Um, you know, it's continually this league is continually proving the goods, and it, it's great to see. We talk about it all the time, even off air as well. Uh, the first half was mostly all Canberra Croatia. They dominated a lot of the first half. Uh, Olympics seemed to try and absorb the pressure early on from uh, Canberra Croatia and break on the counter-attack. However, with the likes of Grace Gill, that was difficult for them to say the least. Gill was just too strong in terms of pressing, 
uh, shots which forced the, the first goal for Chow, winning the ball back, uh, tackling a lot. And in the second half, you know, Canberra Le- Olympic switched things up. Uh, they had to, had to come out and really put uh, together a better second half to what they obviously showed in the first half because Canberra Croatia came right out the blocks, uh, like you mentioned, and you know they came out raring to go. And you know they were they were down four uh, nil. However, um, you know Canberra Croatia counted and scored immediately after Murphy's goal, which really cancelled the comeback. It was unfortunate in a, in a way because you love to see such a great comeback, and then Canberra Croatia really put the nail in the coffin with the fifth goal. Uh, Nick, obviously, Canberra Croatia's coach, Nick uh, Brosnik, uh, he'll be very pleased with the majority of the performance. Obviously, not. Obviously, you, as a coach, you don't want your team to become sort of too complacent, uh, being four goals up. And it, it is difficult, though, isn't it? When you're four one up, you're sort of. But that's the issue. If you let your foot up against oh. a side with Nicole Berg and Ashley Sykes, you're, you're going to get punished. But well, mate, like, we're, we're, I mean, my. My state league team did this a couple of weeks ago. We were four 0 up against A and U, and then, you know, you, you you turned a blind eye and looked back, and it's it's four three, and suddenly you're asking some questions of yourself. So, it's always important not to get too complacent. But at least they did come out with the uh, with the victory. And for Andrew Woodman's uh, Canberra Olympic side on the other uh, side, they'll be very disappointed they didn't start the first half better, uh, because in the second half they they showed uh, they can play and they can step up to the bigger teams in this in this competition and. You know, it'll be looked at as, as a learning curve. You you always have to take matches like this against the bigger teams, even though if you don't get the result, you have to take a you have to take a learning experience from it. And I think that's what they'll do. He'll he'll review the game um, in the bye they have coming up, and they'll they'll have uh, an intriguing matchup against CUA uh, waiting for them uh, after that. They certainly will. I'm, I'm I'm really really looking forward to that game, especially if D can come out of the blocks absolutely raring to go. Um, against CUA because it should be a really interesting matchup because CUA don't usually come out of the blocks raring like that. They 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 always um, they always play a positive uh, possession based football, but a lot of teams sort of uh, decide to sort of sit back against them. So I'm really intrigued to see that, and I will be commentating that with Jeremy Magan on uh, Bar TV Sport. In terms of Canberra Croatia, though, like we, I th- I think even though he would be disappointed with conceding three goals. I think what would be most impre- it will, most impressive for Nick is that as soon as Olympic scored their first goal to make a 3-1, immediately, like a couple of minutes later, straight away, um, Canberra Crash has scored. Like, mm-hmm. straight away. It, it's, it just deflated the Olympic bubble. If you were watching, you would have thought, oh, wow, Olympic can maybe do this because they really had a lot of positive energy and a positive play before that. And then, boom, straight away, that they sort of uh, punished that off. And then the last two goals were in the uh, last... 10 minutes in in that regard. However, Canberra Croatia were very, very, very impressive, I thought, today, especially in that first half. And if if they play with that sort of intensity, um, it'll I'm really intrigued to see the matchup again, like I said, next week against CUA and also their matchup matchups against Gungalan and Belko. Um, in saying that though, um, I'm sure they'll be uh, working on just concede and not trying to concede those last few goals. Because uh, if that's the case, imagine the uh, the Belka Canberra Croatia match. That's yeah. going to be an even high score, isn't it? Yeah. Well, moving on, uh, Canberra United Academy picking up a two-one win, an important win for them against Wagga City Wanderers. Giddis picking up a a double, uh, and for the Wanderers, uh, Vakari getting on the score sheet. Matt, 
Uh, do you want to summarise this one for us? Uh, look, it. I don't, I, it's, it's, it's a little hard to explain only because because uh, you look at it and you go CUA versus Wagga and you look at how Wagga went last season a lot of people would go oh that would be an easy win for CUA but it really wasn't uh, Wagga City Wanderers Sam Gray's done a really really good job over there building this team and they showed a really good account of themselves uh, they, they came here to play and I think they'll leave with their heads held high even though they might be a bit disappointed that they didn't that they weren't able to grab any points from this match a uh, couple football reporter Jeremy Magana thought wrapped it up quite well in his MPLW wrap up, saying it only took four minutes really for this game to be decided because the goals were between mm. the 43rd minute and the 46th minute. Um, 47th. This, 47th, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 47th minute. And uh, CUA though, um, this is the perfect um, result anyway, heading into Deacon because, um, like we said, like we saw here, Deacon. Uh, they were a bullet train today. So Canberra United, I think, will be uh, studying those clips and they'll be really looking forward to it. Um, there's actually a little bit of an interesting sort of portion of the game where the CUA keeper, Isabel Davy was actually sent for the sin bin uh, with three minutes to go and then, of course, the stoppage time. So essentially, by that point of the game, it's like a red card. And then uh, O'Donnell, of course, had to bring off an outfield player and put in the second keeper. Um, they were um, and at that point Wagga really tried to push even more than they were before to try and get that goal however they were able to hold out so uh, good win for Canberra United Academy however Wagga will be holding their heads high and I'm sure that they won't be uh, uh, that they won't be last place for much longer especially once uh, we hit the second half of the season now in the yeah absolutely Matt sorry about that um, next up obviously Minero Panthers Woden Weston the match was abandoned at half-time. That's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? I mean, I'm a little surprised it was called off. Uh, it's Sorry that it wasn't called off before the game. Usually, it has to get really bad for matches to get cancelled uh, mid-game. Uh, they usually would just sort of, you'd think, just finish, finish it off. Well, the only thing I would question about that is, I'm assuming it, w- it wouldn't have been raining just before. No. So that's probably why they decided not to. I guess the issue is everyone knows that even though Riverside's been fixed up, it has had a lot of issues when it gets rainy. It, that's it, true. The, the, the whole the like the pitch is just very can get very uh, damp, and it, the ref just probably thought it was um, not safe to play. But like you said, it's very weird because usually they'll just finish it off. You, you finish it off. That's right. And it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? I mean, um, you know, to to I suppose go into half time you're thinking alright well it's raining the pitch is really damp but we've played 45 minutes of football already um, let's just finish off the next 45 that's what you're thinking as a player anyway it, it, it's a tough call for the referee to make obviously in the back of his mind he's got to put the safety and, and, and care of the players first before anything and obviously I've, that obviously would have went into his decision to call it off at half time but you just don't see it very often and that's why I'm that's why I mentioned it, it being surprising. Oh, look, we, we certainly don't, don't. But before I mention the fixtures for the next round, mm. um, one thing I wanted to, uh, wanted to say in that regard is that when is the uh, match going to... When the match gets replayed, is it only going to be one half? Yeah. Are they going to bother playing one half or are they just going to end it as a draw or what's going to... I have no idea. Something, will, something will ask Ross. That, that is definitely something we'll ask Ross, <laughs> but he might not even have He might answer. not even know. 
Uh, this is very rare. But mm. <laughs> anyway, moving on, uh, we've got the round five fixtures. Before we move on to MPL 2, we've got Canberra Croatia and Canberra United. Came like I said, that should be an absolute cracker. Sunday, 2.30 p.m., Deakin Stadium, commented by myself and Jeremy uh, on Bar TV Sport. Then we've got Wagga City Wanderers, who look to um, bounce back from that uh, very narrow defeat to CUA against Monaro Panthers at their home ground at Gissing Oval, Sunday, 3 p.m., then we've got Gungahlin United versus Tuggeron United, Sunday 3 p.m., Gungahlin enclosed. And then we've got Woden West and Belcon United, Sunday 3.15 p.m., just to change it up a bit. Uh, Melrose Synthetic, and then Canberra Olympic have the bye, and then they have a big matchup the following week, like we mentioned before. All right. MPL 2 now. Uh, Western Malongolo, Brindabella Blues, 1-1 draw. Tightly contested draw. Matt, how, how did this one play out? It, it was interesting because I was trying to make the calls, you know, just to do the uh, round to see, all right, is this match on? Is this match on? Um, what, what's going on with MPL 2? Because I didn't really know. And then when I made the calls around, it was, you know, t- uh, O'Connor versus Narabunda was called off because Kayleen was one of those drained out ovals. And then they also told me that Queenbian and ANU was called off. And then I called someone else I knew and they're like, yep, it's definitely called off. And then I made another call and then, and then I found out that Western Malongo and Brindabella was on so I thought alright that was at Woden Park enclosed and interestingly enough the pitch actually held up quite well despite all the rain That it, it, it must be something about the way that the way that pitch has been sort of planted per se for it not so obviously it was wet and it would have been a bit muddy but there weren't massive pitches there weren't massive uh, holes or puddles or anything like that which is interesting it was just like a wet just a wet game of football without the the dangerous parts in terms of you know the, the way the whole pitch has been structured per se and before we mention the game uh, one thing we probably should address first is that unfortunately there were two very unfortunate injury incidents and it was nothing there were no malicious challenges these were both 50 50s from what i was told uh one of the uh one of the um western malongolo players uh had his ankle broken and and oh. then we split in half actually oh, uh, wow. i was told so let's hope let's hope uh he, speedy recovery is there. Spe- he went in for his surgery yesterday i think or today mm. so let's hope he has a speedy recovery and also one of the brinabella uh players uh, split his forehead open as well so oh, we really? uh so and apparently these weren't these didn't really have anything to do with the uh the wetness of the the pitch so it was just okay. It's, un- it's unfortunate. One of the unfortunate dangers of the game when there's, you know, a 50-50 challenge or something like that. You know, the, unfortunately, these sort of things can happen. We wish them all the best. All right, now, on all accounts, this was a quite a competitive game, a very close one. So the rain didn't really stop each side from playing the way they wanted to. Uh, Western Malongola had more possession of the game. So, But if you've seen Western Malongola's other matches, they're well known for their strong defense. So they showed that they can play both sides of the ball. And... Uh, they they made a good account for themselves in this game, and in terms of uh, Brenda Bella, like you'll hear very shortly from Zoran, he was quite pleased with the result. He he believed he he took this as like as much of a win. And don't forget last week they did lose to Ugali four right. one. So he does see this as a very good um, bounce back. However, what I take as a big result from this is that Brenda Bella are now fifth on the table. And they're tied fifth, sorry, with uh, White Eagles. So this is a very, very positive result for them. And considering White Eagles, like we're going to mention soon, lost to Ugali, this just sort of proves how 
competitive the MPL2 is at the moment, Michael, because if Brinda Bella are in and around there, and then White Eagles are in and around there, like at the moment you've got Ugali on top, they're still going to match in here with nine points. But then from third place all the way to seventh, there's only a three-point gap. It's amazing. And so, and that's not to mention O'Connor having a game in hand, so what if they win their game in hand? <laughs> and then you've got a very, very competitive top yeah, four. You've got that many teams in, in and around the mix there for the top four spots. Especially in such a short season as well, it's going to come down right to the wire. That that would be my only um, concern if I was Western Malongolos because they're one of the teams with no games in hand and they sit on five points. If they got the win, they would be a little more comfortable in it's that regard. In position, obviously. It, yeah, in that regard. However, Brindabella uh, did well to get the draw and like I said... This puts them in a good position as well. It puts them in the fight. So, Michael, like we mentioned before, there's like six teams fighting for it. It could very well come down to like the majority of the league fighting for it. Yeah, and that, that's what you love to see. So, it it is absolutely fantastic. And uh, look, look, we it, want all these leagues to be competitive. We don't want any sort of you know massive gaps in between the quality of of teams spread out all across the different competitions. I think the more competitive the leagues are, the more eyes you're going to get on it and without people sort of making prejudgments on who they think uh, is going to prevail and, and, and take the three points. It just makes the game here in Canberra just that all that bit more exciting. And I can't stress enough, if you guys can get down to an MPL2 game, get down to an MPL2 game. Like I said, unfortunately not on Bar TV, but you won't be disappointed if you get to a game. It's always very highly competitive and they are great matches to watch. All right, like I mentioned, I had a chat to Western Malonglo coach Ned Jeans earlier today. All right, so uh, one one today, um, a bit of a bit of a wet wet surface. You guys were the only team that played. Well, besides the the match down at Griffith with Ugali, um, how would you monitor your team's performance based on the uh, based on the game? Um, based on based on the the wet weather game and the conditions that we had, I think this was probably honestly our best performance that we've put in. Um, our first half, we we dominated possession. I would say we had about seventy percent. Uh, we scored a nice free kick. Um, I think we were just a little bit lacking in clinical finishing um, in critical areas of the pitch. So, yeah. Does that uh, give you guys something to work on in that regard, or? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think obviously uh, in recent weeks, everyone knows we're we're quite a strong team defensively. Um, but we have struggled to put chances away, and I think it showed again yesterday. Um, in the wet conditions, we had numerous opportunities um, uh, that we probably could have taken. But um, yeah, again, uh, some something to work on in the in the coming weeks. And you guys um, dominated uh, possession today, which um, you you didn't have to you didn't take that approach against someone like an A and U. Do you think that? Um, do you take the positives uh, out of that in that regard that you guys can play sort of both sides of the game? Yeah, well, uh, uh, I like to think of uh, us being probably one of the best um, possession-based teams when we can get on the ball and when we when we choose to play that way. Um, I think we like to build from the back, um, and uh, with regards to going forward, we create chances. Um, 
with like our, our midfield three are quite good on the ball, so they open up play. And um, I think yesterday that that showed a lot more, especially in the wet weather. Um, they probably had a bit more time on the ball than they normally would. Um, but uh, yeah, again, not very clinically in front of goal. Probably cost us uh, the three points. And you guys have the buy. Uh, you guys have the buy next week. So are you guys going to uh, be doing anything for that, or are you just going to give everyone sort of time off? Uh, we picked up a, a few a few injuries. Um, obviously, with Arden and his um, broken ankle yesterday, unfortunate. Um, best wishes to him. But um, I think I'm going to give the boys the week off. To be honest, um, maybe a bit of a team dinner on Thursday night. Maybe we'll see how we go. I also had a quick chat to Brinda Bella coach Zoran Glovnich earlier today. All right, 1-1 draw in the, uh, at the end of the game. Uh, what did you make of how, how the game played out for your side? Um, well, to tell you the truth, Matt, um, I'm really pleased. Um, I'm taking this like a, a, a win for us. Um, being 1-0 down uh, with, in the wet weather and uh, some playing some good football, um, uh, I'm going to take a 1-1 win as a, a 1-1 draw as a win um, uh, just because you know the old Brindies would have gone and lost 3, 4, 5, 6 nil and uh, it's it's, a, it's an improvement from last weekend in Wagga as well so Well you, you mentioned last weekend uh, are you happy with how your side responded after last week's uh, defeat to Ugali? Yeah I made some uh, changes uh, during the week I dropped uh couple of uh, players on the weekend, they actually responded really well when they came out to the field with uh, 20 or 30 or 50 to go. And uh, the last change I made really made an impact um, and he scored the goal as well. So I was really chuffed and pleased with that outcome. Um, uh, as with last week, I was very disappointed with the 3-0 loss. Um, it was closer than 3-0. They scored lots of uh, good goals and uh, we just unfortunately faded away. But uh, to our credit and the young team that I do have, um, I'm not going to call them young anymore, um, developing team, uh, it was to our credit that we changed that this week with uh, being 1-0 down and came back and uh, came out with a draw but potentially could have won the game as well. So. And next week you guys have a big match-up against ANU. How are you guys going to prepare for that one? Um, we're going to prepare ourselves. Uh, just look at uh, the video. Uh, I'll be looking at the video today and uh, picking out a few points that we need to work on. Um, um, we kept the ball really well. Uh, both teams played really, really well in the wet weather, by the way. Um, and it was a pretty good game with uh, opportunities at both ends. So uh, we'll be just developing and looking at what we need to improve on. Uh, could be defensive, could be attacking, could be pressing. Uh, we're not 100% sure at this stage, but uh, I'll be looking at that and planning the week uh, and then trying to get uh, a good result against ANU on Saturday, hopefully, if the rain stays away. All right, next up we had Ugali versus White Eagles. All I can say is, wow, 6-4. 10 goals. I, I looked on the live stream, I said, is this a joke? It was like 5-2 <laughs> or something. Like, is this is this real? And then, yeah, like we had Roque with three goals uh, with a hat trick. And then Biajanti got two, and then we had Davidson with one as well for Ugali, the White Eagles, Aliun Wasir with uh, two goals, Sandtrack and McCarran to round it off. Uh, round it off. Mark, what do you make of this absolute goal fest? Extremely entertaining game. I said it just then. Ten goals. H- how good? 
10, well, episode 10, 10 goals in this game. You'll hear, it, you'll hear it in the interview I come out. I think I just said, all right, wow, first yeah. and foremost. <laughs> uh, both teams show that they can score pretty much all over the pitch. I'm sure both will be disappointed with how uh, they lost their shape uh, to concede so many goals. Obviously, as a defender, it, it's not a great look on you, but it, the entertainment factor was there. It was an absolutely sensational game. Uh, however, you know... Uh, it was it was a cracking game. Sorry for, for all those to see uh, on their on their Facebook. Obviously for your goalies home games, uh, which which is great. Uh, with this win, uh, like we mentioned before, they sit top of the ladder with nine points from three games, and they've also got a game in hand, which will definitely help them. Um, considering you know they're top they're top of the league now, they're in a very strong position. Two of those matches uh, have been at their home stadium, which um, they're beginning to make a bit of a bit of a fortress. You know they're going to start, you know. But teams are going to be a little bit hesitant going over there because you know we all know how important it is for any team to make their home ground such a fortress because it's always hard going away from home but when you have the opportunities to you know have your games at home you have to really make them count we we every coach every player will tell you that it, you have to make your home, home ground a fortress, don't you? Especially for Ugali, where teams have to travel a considerable distance to go there, you, you should make it count. Even if, like, I know a lot of, of teams, it doesn't make a difference to some teams, but if some teams are a little fatigued by making that trip, you have to take advantage of it. And Ugali have done more than that, but in saying that, though, they did beat Brindabella at Corwell, so they are here to stay, and I'm really, really looking forward to their match against Queanbeyan City this weekend. I think that That's will be... going to be a great game, isn't it? It will be a very, very good game, and once again, like if Ugali can get a win in that one, it'll put them 12 points clear, and that will prove what he... I keep mentioning this, but it was a fantastic quote. We're not here to make up the numbers. He kept Luke Santolin kept saying that, and they have proven that um, without a doubt. One question I wanted to ask you, Michael, is where does this leave White Eagles? It's tough, isn't it? They had a, they had a good start uh, to the season. Uh, they've obviously had a couple of poor results, losing to uh, Queanbeyan uh, last week and, and now to Yulgali. It's obviously not, not a great position at all. Do they panic? Obviously not. You, you can't. Um, you, you can't spend your time thinking, you know, oh, we've, we've lost another game and what if we lose next week and the week after? You literally just have to leave whatever happened that weekend in the back of your mind, let, let it go. You just have to move on. It, it obviously is a tough position, considering as well, you've got the likes of Queenian uh, and Ugali uh, and many more uh, that, that, are, that are performing at a, at a high clip uh, this season. Uh, it'll just be important for them to, you know, obviously just go back to basics and and um, see and get back in the win column um, because you know they're, they're not going to have a lot of time to string uh, W's together we, we keep mentioning it all the time this is a very short season teams don't have a lot of time to you know build up a lot of momentum because you've only got a, a handful of games to play so I mean they've got to just bounce back they've got to concentrate on just bouncing back they're obviously in a bit of a weird position because they started the season well and they've dropped off over the last couple of weeks but um, they'll be back and earlier today I had a chat to Ugali coach Luke Santolin okay Luke first and foremost uh, just wow what a what an absolutely uh, free scoring match what did you make of how the game played out 
Yeah, it was an unreal game to watch. I wish I didn't have any emotion attached. But it, was, it was a really good game to, <laughs> you know, for the neutral. Um, just fast pace. Both teams going toe-to-toe. And uh, there was parts of the game where structure just went out the window for both sides, um, which made it entertaining. But uh, I think both co- me and the other coach would have been stressed <laughs> throughout with the, with the goals that we both conceded. I could imagine it seemed like uh, quite the spectacle from watching it uh, watching it back. Now that is, uh, for you, that's two wins from two at Solomad Stadium. We spoke earlier in the season about making it a fortress. How satisfied are you so far with, uh, with the uh, perfect results at home? Oh, well, the, yeah, results-wise, yeah, two wins from two is brilliant. And satisfaction, though, I mean, yeah, we cost four goals at our fortress, so um, there's still plenty of work to do. Obviously, we're comfortable there. Um, we've seen sort of a support building, um, you know, both from our fans and just people who want to watch good football. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been great. We've enjoyed every minute. Um, back on the road again, though, next week. <laughs> Indeed, and that one is against Quebian City. How are you guys going to uh, prepare for that matchup? Oh, uh, yeah, look, um, same again. Um, the, the good and bad thing about uh, not knowing who we're playing against is that we have to play every game like it's a mini-final. So uh, we can't prepare for their strengths or weaknesses because we don't really know what they are. Um, other teams are telling us little bits and pieces, but um, we just got to stick to our process and, and trust that if, if we put our best foot forward um, in terms of what we can do, uh, we should have a, an opportunity to win the match. Now you mentioned there how you uh, you're making every you're playing every game like it's a mini final per se, and, and it's reaping the rewards for you guys. I mean, so far you talked about how you guys sort of lost your shape uh, this week. However, in the previous games, you it was uh, both four one score lines, I believe, and you guys are now on top of the table, three from three, nine points. Uh, you you said at the start of the season how you guys aren't here to make up the numbers, uh, and you guys are really proving that right now. What are you making so far of your campaign, and how do you guys uh, plan on finishing it uh, as we are halfway through the regular season? Oh, it's all about motivation. I mean, as a club, um, we've always strived to to be well, as good as we can be. Um, but I mean, this year I'm I'm just really happy for my players. Uh, most of them who played for the Riverina Rhinos, and I just remember how frustrated they were when you know we, we when the Rhinos struggled to get teams on the park and things like that. They're they're good, good, strong, motivated players who I think uh, want to what's the word uh, prove a lot of people wrong that you know there are talented players in Griffith um, that we do have a, a structure that we can compete and. And that's my biggest uh, positive out of the first three matches that these players who've had a couple of rough seasons on their travels to Canberra are, are getting some joy. So um, I'll keep backing them if, if they keep putting out performances like this. Okay, as I mentioned before, there was two matches that were postponed. So there was O'Connor Knights versus Narabunda over at Kayleen that was postponed. And then ANU versus Queanbeyan City, which was postponed over at ANU South Oval, Michael, what are the round five fixtures for MPL 2 next week? Well, Brenda Biller Blues uh, come up against ANU 
uh, Saturday, 3 p.m. at Colwell. O'Connor Knights come up against Wagga City Wanderers Saturday, 3 p.m. at Kayleen Enclosed. Uh, the team that we were just talking about before, the White Eagles, uh, it's a big, it's a good opportunity for them to bounce back against Narrabunda. Saturday, 3 p.m. at Woden Park Enclosed. And lastly, the fixture of the of the round for, for MPL2, without a doubt, we talked about this prior, Queanbeyan City against Yulgali. That will be a fantastic game. If you're in and around the Queanbeyan region, get get in and watch that one. I reckon that's going to be an absolutely uh, cracking affair. 2 p.m. Riverside Football Stadium with, obviously, Western Wollong Glow playing against the Bay. How do you think they'll go? Uh, look, the Bay the has been quite consistent. It's still on the ladder. It's still yeah. on the ladder. <laughs> still on the, yeah. What? Who can explain this? Because it doesn't make any sense. We we need to get a, a we need to get Lachlan Roberts on the show to explain what's going on with the sporting pulse or whatever it is. Yeah, the Lachlan, list. if you're listening to the podcast, uh, mate, I, I want some answers. Um, I didn't know the buy you know could build up a squad. I didn't know they were a part of the competition, and I didn't know oh, that they couldn't be anything but last. And they're not amazing, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> All right, like I said, this is um. A shortened version, but in saying that, though, we've we've made it up with some uh, good discussion today. So that proves that Look, even one, with the reduced matches, there's still a lot to, to talk about. They could have, they could have been one game that had gone ahead out of the three comps, and we still would have turned this into a decently long podcast anyway. It's, it's I don't doubt that. And we I, love talking. When we when we love talking about football, more importantly, and like I said, next week we have an absolutely massive show. We have at least two matches. Uh, we had, what we've got two matches from MPL one to catch up on. We've got two matches from MPL two, and then we've also got one match from MPLW. We're assuming one half anyway. Yeah. And then we've also got, as we uh, talk here, the majority of the matches from uh, this weekend. However, it does look like it's going to rain. So, the forecast looks like it's going to rain. So, um, and I'm down at in Kuma this weekend. So, unless you won't have to do the trip. Oh, if it gets washed out, yeah. But no, the Kuma trip's always fun. Um, so I'm, 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 I miss playing. It's only been, we only missed just uh, last week, but it, it, it already feels like so long since I've last played. I'm just, I'm eager to get back out there. No, that's that's definitely fair. As are the majority of, of people, obviously. Oh, without a doubt, uh, that is true. And in saying that, though, um, I'm just intrigued how many uh, reschedulings there, there are going to be. If, if 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 by midweek if the if the forecast is still to rain all weekend, I wonder how many matches will be try and force onto the synthetic pitches of Melrose yeah. and Hawker. I wouldn't be surprised if they try and do that again, just because obviously whenever it rains, especially on the non-synthetic pitches, they want to keep the maintenance of the grass um, in in good shape. And if, if the government pitches like the majority of the uh, the MPL pitches are, it'll be a guarantee. The only one that isn't a guarantee, what is Deakin, because that's privately owned. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but they make their own call. And like we saw against Gungalan, they, they made their own call to play. Now they made their own call not to play, which is probably fair because if you had in the space of two weeks, I know it wasn't the week after. Yeah, I know but it wasn't in quick, relatively quick succession. It, it would have destroyed, destroyed that pitch. So it's definitely fair enough that all these uh, decisions are being made. I mean, I guess Riverside should be okay for the weekend if no one's going to be training or playing or anything. No one's going to be allowed on that oval. So maybe that should be all right. Yep. In in that regard, if not, what about uh, I was about to say what about High Street, but no one knows what's going on with that uh with that pitch at the moment. Yeah, what is going on with High I, Street? I haven't heard 
anything related to High Street for a while. They finished the, the change rooms there, but I'm not. I thought Queanbeyan uh, City were going to be playing now. I'm assuming they're just going to wait for next season at this point. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting in that regard. Like I said, everybody, thank you very much for joining us. Michael, um, what are you going to be uh, looking forward to next week? Yeah, well, at least in terms of the midweek matchups, uh, obviously Canberra Olympia versus Deakin. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be an absolutely uh, cracking match. Um, uh, to be honest, I, all these games that got postponed, um, I'll, be, I'll be keeping a close eye on and and uh, seeing seeing the outcome of, of those games. Um, it's uh, it's going to be great um, to have just a bulk number of fixtures being played in relatively uh, quick, quick succession. Actually, in saying that, before you head off, that might actually... Um be better a nighttime game Deacon uh, sorry. who doesn't love football at, at night with, with the lights especially Deacon Stadium I think that's I'm surprised I don't play more matches there at night I mean Deacon Stadium Canberra Olympic the Derby under the lights I mean it'll be fantastic for them I'm assuming uh, Tigers and um, Gungahlin will be at AIS that's that's always the best pitch in Canberra oh, I feel in no terms doubt. of actual pitch quality and that, that's going to be a very intriguing game with Ryan Grogan um, with his side um Having to face the uh, the current champions, and obviously the current champions have got a big win against Belconnen. Anyway, thank you very much, Michael, and uh, thank you very much to everybody else for listening today. And look, I'm just I can't wait for the football to be back. Very very quick fashion midweek. Let's get into it. Thank can't you. Wait. Thank you.